The holidays are here and everyone's booed up except you. No one to see lights with, to cuddle with, or to kiss at 12 a.m. on January 1st. You, my friend, are what's known as single, and you're sad about it. You've prayed all the prayers, dreamed all the dreams about one day meeting Mr. or Mrs. Wright. Your group of single friends is getting smaller by the year, and you're not getting any younger. How do you deal with this? Let's talk about singleness. My name is Sydney LaFleur Murphy, and welcome to the Life at Peace podcast. This show is all about tackling the stuff that fuels our everyday demands, doubts, and dysfunction in our perpetual pursuit of peace. Get ready for deep thoughts and challenging topics, all grounded in biblical truth. Enjoy the show. I want to start this episode off on the right foot, and that's by saying that we were all created complete. Each one of us is a whole and complete individual. We were not created for the purpose of marriage, but rather to glorify God and to lead other people to know him. Now, does God use marriage to accomplish that purpose? Yes. The difference is that in a marriage relationship, God unifies mysteriously the husband and wife so that they become one flesh in their pursuit to glorify him. And before any married person was married, they were single. They had to learn how to navigate that single season properly so that by the time marriage came along, or at least as they were preparing uh, to enter that marriage relationship and that covenant, that they were going into it as a whole person, not looking for their girlfriend, fiance, um, and eventually spouse to complete them and to fill in the gaps in their lives. Now, some single people, some of you guys listening, do not have the desire to date or to get married, and that's totally okay. God does not call everyone to marriage, and in fact, a classic example in the scriptures is Paul. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul does this, it's this long section about uh, concerning married and uh, the unmarried and what each uh, responsibility is for those groups. And Paul, in so many words, says that he wishes everyone would remain as he is, um, meaning that he was single, um, because that frees us up to focus on building God's kingdom. And we're not concerned with other distractions like how to take care of our family or what our responsibilities as a wife or a husband are. So that was what Paul was saying. He advocated for everyone to just be single, or at least the people that were not married yet, that they would stay unmarried. And I mean, I kind of have to agree with Paul. He definitely had some merit there. (laughs) When you're single, it's you and God every single day. Uh, God's walking with you through your darkest moments, the lonely times, the, the times when you don't feel like you can reach out or confide in anybody. Jesus is right there with you the whole way through. He knows uh, the pressure that we feel to be married or to at least get into a relationship with somebody. And he understands that, but he's the only one that can satisfy that desire. Uh, When you enter a relationship, then your attention becomes divided. It's no longer just you and God. Now it's you, God, and your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Uh, if you guys are dating and you know getting more serious towards marriage, then marriage comes and then you got your that commitment to each other. Then the kids enter the picture later on. And so as life goes on and you enter a new season um, or several new seasons, then your attention becomes more and more divided and it becomes harder to find that one-on-one time with God. So I really just want to drive home the point that singleness, if we let it, can be one of the most fruitful and rewarding seasons of our lives. So then that begs the question, 
why do we fight it so hard? Why are we so anxious to be done with our single season? Why do we treat it as a curse and as something to be ashamed of rather than as a gift? So there could be several reasons for this, depending on who you ask. But one of them is we have major FOMO. And that's fear of missing out for anyone who's not up on Gen Z slang or who can't be bothered to go look at Urban Dictionary and figure that one out. But FOMO is fear of missing out. We think as single people that we are just being left out of some huge secret of what it's like to be in a romantic relationship, to have somebody love and care for you that way. We see the pictures, the videos, the posts the little clever wedding pun hashtags on social media. And I'm talking about when the woman of, of the couple will go and, you know, maybe she just got engaged and uh, she posts that, you know, some, some little pun with the husband's or with her soon-to-be husband's last name. So, for example, I know somebody whose last name is Masters and his fiance, her little hashtag was getting my Masters. <laughs> so I thought that was really clever. Like, I, I actually really enjoy reading those. Um, But we see all the little cute things that go into the relationships and the general joy that happy couples seem to give off when they're around each other. And we want that too as single people. We feel out of the loop. We feel sidelined. We feel like someone just uh, that we're overlooked and that we're not desirable um, ultimately. And if you want to get technical Yes, we are missing out on something as single people. We're missing out on that physical and emotional intimacy that couples experience. And I'm talking about like hand-holding, kissing, cuddling uh, for married couples, you know, that sexual intimacy. And I'm yes, I understand that people have sex outside of marriage, but that's personally not what I am advocating for. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, that, that level of intimacy is something that's developed and cultivated between two people who really deeply care for each other and and who have committed to each other. And as a single person, I don't want to rush that. Um, that's not something that I want to casually experience with someone just for the sake of experiencing it. Um, and I believe it, it should be meaningful. Like marriage, if you're called to it is, um, I would say probably the most important relationship that you'll have in your life. Um, And it's uh, just a perfect picture of how Christ loves the church and just God's deep and, you know, we can't even comprehend the depth of his love for us, but marriage is just a small taste of that. And I would also say for, to address the FOMO, (laughs) is that the grass is always greener. There's always, it always feels like you're missing something no matter what side of the fence you're on. So people that are, you know, in a relationship with each other, whether dating, engaged, or married, They can no longer think of just themselves. They have to consider their spouse's needs. Uh, If they have kids, they have to consider their their children's needs. And they have to learn how to put everyone's needs ahead of their own um, to be self-sacrificing and to compromise where it's needed. If you're single, you don't have to think about all that. You just get get to be in tune with just yourself. What do you want to do? How do you want to spend your money? Do you want to go back to school? You don't have to check with anybody. Do you have the money to do it? Okay, then go ahead and go to grad school. Uh, Do you want to travel? Drop everything and go travel. Take a week or so off from from work. Um, You can be, as a single person, you can have the freedom to do these things. You don't have to check with anybody. You don't have to uh, make sure that someone else's needs or concerns are met. You get to think about you and just be selfish, not in the negative way, but 
selfish in the sense that you can really put yourself first and you can do the things that you want to do. Another reason why we might struggle so much with being in our single season is that there's a lot of social and family pressure. These are huge ones. Um, Very, very big. So honestly, and I can only speak from an American perspective, as that's, you know, the society and everything that I've been raised up in and am experiencing. But in America, really, it seems that if you're not married by 25, have a couple kids by 30, then it's like, uh, you know, what's going on? You're, you're starting to run out of time. That biological clock is ticking. And it's real easy to feel like if you're maybe even in your late or mid to late 20s, if you're still single, then, you know, then something's not going the way it's supposed to. And there's a running joke at my alma mater, A&M, that people get married so young. You know, there's always the century tree proposals and people getting engaged in their early 20s before they even graduate. And yes, I experienced all of that. I saw it happen. Um, It's very true. (laughs) And honestly, not even just to A&M, but maybe across the South, that's just a, a reality. But this can make it really feel that you're late or falling behind if your timeline doesn't match up with uh, with that reality. And so I realize I probably have some older people listening whose college years are maybe a little bit further behind them than mine are for me. Uh, but here's how I think singleness is judged as we get older. And mind you, this is only going to be from a woman's perspective. Uh, men face a different kind of pressure, but I can only speak to the women out there. So what I would say is that in our 20s, we're young. People view us as young. We've still got time. Maybe we just graduated. We're working on our master's degree or a PhD or something. And we're trying to adjust to working and having a full-time job. So people give us some grace like, oh, they're young. They've still got a little bit of time. 30s. Hey, is, you know, you meet anybody yet? Any prospects? <laughs> is everything okay? Um, even in your early to mid 30s when people at least family, in a lot of cases, can start to become concerned (laughs) that you're going to wind up alone. In your 40s, by society standards, you're basically an old maid. (laughs) You managed to make it 40 whole years and nobody wants you. (laughs) And so that's kind of the perception as we get older. And then you get to your 50s. And by then, the assumption maybe is you've chosen to be single. Maybe you've been married before, but you went through a divorce or two, and you just have given up because you're tired. And so, unfortunately, I mean, I you know like to shed a little bit of light on this and, and add some humor, but um, I think that's that's a very real thing, you know, in our society is that there's just this fear of ending up alone forever if you're not married before that magical age of thirty. And I can't speak to the man's perspective because, you know, a lot of men still prefer to be the pursuers. They want to shoot their shot, be the one to start things in a relationship. And I know that not everyone uh, subscribes to that. You know, some women are wanting to go out there and be more independent and look for their, their husband themselves. But for the men out there who are interested in pursuing, uh, there's probably a different type of pressure there, right? Because, you know, it's society views it differently. Like, You've put yourself out there, you've tried to, you've asked women out and, you know, you've tried to find a wife, but you've been rejected. And so that brings a whole different level of pressure than what the women face with, you know, not being 
accepted is the, is what the perception is. So after all this, I'd honestly just say that I think singleness is underrated. <laughs> Take it from someone with 26 years of experience. I'm a professional at this, guys. I'm 26 years old. If there's anything I've learned during this season, it's that I shouldn't wish it away. There is just so much happening with, with our singleness that gets overlooked because we idolize marriage so much in society. And I did a Facebook post maybe about five years ago now, and I remember it was five because thanks to Facebook memories, <laughs> it came up not too long ago. And so I did a post on singleness. I shared something from my notes that I'd written down and that I really wanted to put out there. And I just uh, talked essentially about what singleness is for, what that season should be used for. And I would boil down that post to these three ideas. The first one being singleness is for building intimacy with God. I hit on this a little bit at the beginning of the episode, but it's being single is like the best time, I think, to really build that foundation spiritually. There's no distractions, kind of going hand in hand with what Paul was saying. You're, you're free to think about the things of heaven, to think about building God's kingdom and using your gifts, honing those, developing them to be used for God's glory. Singleness is probably the best and most ideal time to do that because you don't have another person or people in your life, like a spouse and kids that you have to tend to. You're free to govern your own affairs and uh, just to use what you what God's given you to further his kingdom. The second um, thing that I, I would say that singleness is for is to figure out who you are in terms of your hobbies, your interests, what makes you mad, you know, what kind of grinds your gears, gets you stirred up, uh, what makes you laugh, what types of things do you enjoy doing, all of that. You know, I, I really wouldn't want to wait until I started dating somebody before I started to think about those things. And singleness, again, is that freedom, that time that you have to hone in on that, to get in tune with yourself and figure out what do I like to do? You know, how do I like to spend my money? What What's my financial plan? You know, where do I want to go on my career track over the next, you know, five, 10 years? You know, don't wait for someone to take a romantic interest in you before you start taking all that stuff seriously. Uh, the third thing I would include with uh, what singleness is for is just to enjoy life. Um, again, just as I kind of hit on before, you're free as a single person to travel whenever you want to, to go spend your money on, you know, <laughs> on whatever you want. Even if it may sound seem dumb to other people, it's like, hey, I like to collect these things. I'm going to go do it. Um, you know, you're free to just go out and, I don't know, just do life. You know, go to a restaurant by yourself. Go to the movies alone. You know, go try that new place you've wanted to check out. Go, um, I don't know, go to Top Golf. Go go karting. Something. <laughs> There's so much stuff to do out there, um, and I think, you know, I notice a lot of single people will kind of put their lives on hold until they've met somebody, as if that's when their life really begins. Is when they've reached that milestone of marriage, and that's that's so. Uh, I think just you know, detrimental to, uh, to your growth as a person. You don't want that other person to be somebody that completes you or fills in the missing pieces. Again, to reiterate on the point I made at the beginning of the episode, 
we're all whole people already. Um, yes, spiritually we're broken when we, we need Jesus. But when I say we're whole, I mean that God created us with everything that we need to serve him. He gave us all our desires, um, all of our talents, our gifts, <clears throat> everything that we need to just be an effective witness for Christ. And so we don't need to wait for somebody else to come along and help us realize that. Um, now, I'll just tell you all, I mean, I struggled with jealousy in college while, while I was being surrounded by friends and peers who were dating and you know getting into serious relationships. And the paradox was that I was so happy for my friends. I was so excited for them. I teased them, of course, with, you know, being in a relationship and, you know, just lighthearted, good fun. And I still hung out with my friends. You know, we did, you know, I I happily was the third wheel (laughs) in a lot of different outings, but I didn't mind. It was fun. But at the same time, I did struggle with jealousy and some other emotions like anxiety about, you know, when is it going to be my turn? And I've been single all this time. How much longer? You know, what if I don't meet anybody in college? Like this, this is kind of the ideal time to meet someone, right? And so I wrestled with these emotions um, for a while, for a long time through college. And, you know, I had to eventually just check my heart. You know, where where is my heart on this issue? And so I implore everyone listening to this single, uh, every single person listening that, why do you want to be married? Why is that so important to you? And, you know, how are you feeling about being single? This isn't to challenge you or to invalidate your feelings about wanting to be in a relationship, but it's something to seriously consider. Um, And that question, are we content being single? I would, you know, entertain that one too. This is a frustrating question because especially if you're someone who has a desire to be married, it forces you to confront the possibility that you might not get married. Marriage might not be a part of your future. Now, I would uh, throw in a little caveat there is that if I believe if God has given you a desire to be married, that he will not leave that unfulfilled. But for the time being, we don't know how much longer that's going to take, you know, for that season to get here. So, you know, are you content being single or are you going to spend the rest of your single season wishing it away and longing for the days when you're not single anymore? (laughs) Um, And being content with singleness does not mean that we our feelings go away or that we have to shut them down or suppress them. It just means that we've decided to trust God with this season and the seasons to come. And we... um, you know, we lean into the direction that he's leading us and where he's deciding to uh, to have us right now. How is he trying to use us in our current season? So in closing, I would just like to you know, just say, can we stop acting like singleness is a curse? <laughs> like there's something wrong um, that we're missing out, you know? Not that the feelings have to, you know, go away, but... Um, you know, I would just say while we wait, we just have a lot of work to do. You know, all of my singles out there listening. So use this season wisely and allow the Holy Spirit to work through you to bear fruit, to bear spiritual fruit for the kingdom. Develop your gifts, your talents. What can you do right now that'll make you a better wife or a better husband? You know, when the time comes, when and if the time comes for you. And I would challenge you to hold yourself to the same high standards, hopefully, Uh, high standards that you have for your future spouse. You know, you want someone who's in shape, who works out, who takes care of themselves, who has a good reputation. Do you have those things going on for you? 
Or are you just sitting back waiting for someone to magically come to you with those qualities? You know, um, so waiting is not a complacent thing. You know, we as singles have lots of responsibilities, lots of work to do. And, you know, let's make the most of this season. So that's it for this episode. Woo! (laughs) Hope that is some encouragement for you guys, single or not. If you got some single friends that you think would benefit from this, go ahead and pass this episode along to them. Remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Life at Peace Podcast. That's where you can find the videos. And if you're watching this, then you can get the audio only on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. We're in the holiday season now, so I hope you guys are getting some good Christmas shopping done or, you know, whatever holidays you're observing. And we'll, we've got one episode left for 2022. Then it's into the new year, new ideas, new content. So stay tuned, but I appreciate y'all and take care. Peace. <laughs>